and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Files series with a look at Lamar Jackson. Now, I understand if you are one of these haters out there on Twitter that responds to every single thing about Lamar Jackson as he's a running back, so everything you just said about him is irrelevant, then you pro- I'm probably not going to change your mind through the course of these 12 to 15 minutes that we're going to talk about this. But if you just want to have a little bit of a mind and realize that these sort of dual threat quarterbacks have been changing the game of fantasy football, might just have something you might be interested in. So Truly, people, ever since Lamar has gotten a starting job from Joe Flacco halfway through that 2018 season, he's been nothing except a stud fantasy football QB. I mean, look, he finished the 2018 season as the fantasy QB5 in weeks 11 through 17. This was because he was running the piss out of the ball every chance he got. I mean, out of all the slander Lamar faces as a passer, 2018 season, you know, is the exact moment that a lot of people can point to. And guess what happened in 2019? Takes over the whole damn league, puts up the most the most fantasy points per game from a quarterback in a single season in NFL history. So what is Lamar Jackson's ceiling as a fantasy quarterback? It's literally the best fantasy quarterback we have ever seen. So that's someone we should probably give a chance when he slipped in 2020 into what still a top 10 quarterback. I mean, look, there was kind of two parts to it. He got COVID, uh, you know, through the season. So we really had the first 11 weeks and then we had the final six weeks of the year. So he was not fancies, you know, I know he's being built up as a consensus QB one going into last year from that standpoint. Yeah. He disappointed, but we're still looking at a guy QB nine for the first 11 weeks of the year, QB six over the final six weeks. Like you cannot take a split from Lamar Jackson's two and a half year career and paint him as anything other than a top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback. Like that is his floor. If he cannot throw the ball, his floor is as a bottom tier QB one, because the rushing numbers are just too high people, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, everybody included full list of players and more fancy points from purely rushing production than Lamar Jackson over the past two seasons. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, and Josh Jacobs. That is it. Lamar Jackson, in terms of pure rushing production, call him an RB. Then he's the RB7. Instead of having receiving production, we have passing production. So, you know, I'm sorry. This is one of my triggers. One of you uh, went out there. Sorry, I forget the name. Had a nice uh, tweet talking about some triggers, things that get me mad in my podcast. And Lamar Jackson being viewed as this guy that can't throw the football is right there at the top of the list. When people have the audacity, they have the audacity to say that the man just threw 62 touchdowns over the past two Two years isn't a good throw of the football. I get it, people. Lamar Jackson will never be confused with Tom Brady, with Andrew Luck, with Peyton Manning from throwing inside the pocket. But even some of the complaints against him are just, you know, not overly rooted. They're complaints that Lamar faces more than other quarterbacks. And sometimes I can't quite put my finger on why it could be. But look, the bum big complaint. Deep passes outside the numbers. Never mind that these that that's a tough pass for any quarterback to pull off. Like the definition of an NFL throw is that deep shot down the sideline, you know, 10 plus yards. So we'll look at, you know, just again, the players throwing at least 20 yards downfield 
and within 10 yards of either sideline. It's not great. Lamar is, PF, Lamar is PFS 28th quarterback among 38 qualified uh, uh, players over the past two years. With that said, I mean, Matthew Stafford was 20th. Drew Brees was 21st. It's like we pick apart the one part of Lamar Jackson's ability as a passer and use that over him as a player, even though he is on pace to be the greatest Russian quarterback ever, with all due respect to Mike Vick. And you know what? Fine. Say Mike Vick's going to be the GOAT no matter what, then Lamar Jackson's on pace to be the second best Russian quarterback ever, if that's your cup of tea. Guys had 1,200 yards and 1,005 yards rushing over the past two years, and he's still been fine at quarterback. Top 50. 15 and PFF passing grade, big time throw rate, yards per attempt, and QB rating over the past two years. Yeah, if we want to go 2020 only, I'd have to use a top 20 QB clarifier instead of top 15. But this is the part that annoys me because the Ravens, you just look at it like it's not like this has been a situation where we could put another non-elite quarterback into and expect the similar results. What is a quarterback's ultimate concern? They're one thing they're put on the field to do: score points. No offense has scored more points than the Baltimore Ravens over the past two years. So yeah, if he can become an even better passer, that's great. This offense is going to take over the damn league if that happens. So I get it. He has some improvement to do, but the fact that they've already been this good in his third, you know, three years of playing football, it's pretty impressive people. I know they didn't, you know, go off last year, but we were still in a situation where it was a one score game before he throws that pick six against the bills. They avenged the Titans playoff loss. There were still a lot more good things last year and people want to give him credit for. And again, I guess my biggest issue with all this is that Lamar just hasn't gotten much help at all from his offense. If you just look at the total spending, the amount of dollars spent on individual offense, the Ravens right now in 2021 ranked 31st. Only the Lions have fewer dollars to vote their offense right now. Last year, they were also 31st. In 2019, they were 30th. Like Lamar is continuously engineering a top six. I believe there were six last year in scoring. Fine. He's engineering a top 10 scoring offense ever since he's been under center with a top with a bottom three offense in terms of the amount of money you're spending so like yeah it hasn't all been perfect but can you wonder why maybe it's because he hasn't been throwing to anybody resembling a legit number one wide receiver and look marquise brown did a lot of good things towards the end of last year i think he could potentially be a great field stretching wide receiver but you don't want him as your just featured guys 2021 it's not illegal to have more than one number one wide receiver on your squad and it seems like even if the Ravens, you know, depending on how you feel about Rashad Bateman or uh, Tylen Wallace or even even Sammy Watkins, if you want to go down that route again, depending on how you feel about those guys, you know, I wouldn't disagree with anyone that says the Ravens still don't have a wide receiver one, even though Bateman, I think, checks a lot of those boxes, whatever. The point is that just having these sort of players might just change the way defenses are forced to defend this offense. And, you know, that was not my original thought. It was actually PFF's own Seth Galina. But you know what? When I get to work in a company with all these other smart people, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. And Seth wrote an awesome article on exactly how Bateman and Tylen Wallace can help change this offense. So, I'm going to read just a couple clips from Seth's article, which you can find, as always, on pff.com. First up, because the Ravens don't throw the isolated receiver, defenses felt comfortable playing that person in single coverage and allocating resources elsewhere on the field. Next, defenses played a lot of quarters coverage against the Ravens. On first and second down in 2020, Baltimore saw, saw the highest percentage of quarters looks, just over four percentage points more than the next highest team. Importantly, they didn't see other two high looks. They faced the fourth lowest rate of cover two, the fourth lowest, fourth lowest rate of what we charge cover six, 
quarters and a minimal amount of cover to a man. This is important because while we think of quarters as a great way to defend the pass, it's a good way to get a lot of people dedicated to stopping the run against option teams, which the Ravens are. That was the low key part of last year that people I don't think gave enough credit to losing Ronnie Stanley after only six games, like the difference from the Ravens passing in 2020 and 2019 wasn't as severe as a difference in them running. This is the league's most run heavy offense. And they're somehow able to maintain the most run heavy offense with the most efficiency we're seeing anywhere outside of San Francisco. And that's just when things are clicking there. So what did the Ravens do this, you know, pretty great organization since, you know, they moved uh, from Cleveland to Baltimore in the first place. They went in, they added Bateman in the first round, Tylen Wallace in the fourth round, and like I said, even Sammy Watkins. So from Seth's article, instead of resting on their laurels with the Watkins signing, the Ravens kept pushing and were rewarded with two really nice outside talents in Bateman and Wallace. Bateman's 90.5 grade over the past two seasons, ranked third among college wideouts with at least 100 outside snaps, while Wallace is 89.1 marked tied for seventh. Both, both mostly played outside as well, but Bateman running 67% of his routes out wide, Wallace doing so 88%. This was a clear focus of the Ravens that led them to draft these two players. Fantastic. And that is the issue. Like Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Devin Duvernay, the Ravens aren't devoid of good wide receivers, but like there's a reason why they dragged Des Bryant's corpse out from the sideline to see what he could do as their ex in the final few weeks. Like Miles Boykin hasn't quite made it. We know they've been, you know, in the running for some free agent guys over the years, even if they haven't pulled the trigger, they saw the need, they went out and got it. So finally, last part from the article I'll read. Baltimore has also struggled against man coverage, and that's both a Lamar problem as well as a receiver problem. The offense doesn't see a lot of straight cover one. Only 18% of their total passing stats were against it, ranking 31st in the league, but they also couldn't beat it, posting the 22nd-ranked EPA per play mark in the league last season on such plays. They didn't have a receiver who could dominate against man coverage or even when zone coverage became man coverage after the route distribution. Like, it comes down to kind of what we were seeing with the Browns for parts of last year. Like, this, these offenses can still be great. You can still put up a lot of points, even in the absence of an elite alpha number one receiver. But when things get tough, when you need a wide receiver to get open, that's when you need your Odell Beckham types. And maybe for the Ravens, hopefully, that's when they'll need their Rashad Bateman's types because that's what they have now. At a minimum, it, 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 they help their cause. Now, did they have the, the Will Fuller, the Kenny Galladay, the type of high-end wide receiver one we were hoping for? No, but hey, let's see what Bateman, let's see what Wallace can do. Credit to them for improving Lamar's situation entering this season so with all that said people my quick uh, pff louis stat we, we're hoping for a lamar progression you know almost we want him to get back to 2019 passing the ball i get that it just might not matter in fantasy football if he does or doesn't because the top three seasons ever in rush attempts among qbs all owned by Lamar Jackson. And the fact he got there in 2018 too is wild. I have to double check that one, but the results hold. And because of that, Lamar Jackson is my QB five going in this year. I'm one spot lower than him. I, I can sense this. He's the QB four and ADP over underdog fantasy. And look, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with anyone that wants to name him as the overall QB one. Again, the rushing uh, workload is enough of a cheat code in this game to put Lamar back as number one. Last year was like his worst case scenarios. And again, we still saw at worst low end QB one performance. So now you don't have to draft him in the freaking third round or however high he was going last year. With that said, I would take 
Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyla Murray, and Dak Prescott ahead of him. I just have slightly less passing questions. And I think those guys, you know, Mahomes and Dak, big threats to at least rack up the red zone scores. Same thing with Josh Allen. And Kyla Murray was actually on pace to break Lamar's rushing record before he dinged up his shoulder. So few, uh, I just have less, you know, passing concerns with those other guys. And I think they have enough rushing upside to kind of help close that gap with Jackson. But again, people, these are all in my top tier. I won't call you an idiot if you want to put Lamar really over any of those guys so Lamar Jackson quit the slander realize this guy is not only a he's not only a great real life quarterback because being a great real life quarterback is about putting points up on the board and he's also one of the best fantasy football signal callers we have ever seen so great stuff from Lamar if you enjoy Lamar, if you enjoy football, and you just want to keep listening to it, please check out PFS Podcast Network, which covers everything NFL, college, and fantasy football. You can recap the NFL draft with Mike Renner and Austin Gales, two-for-one draft podcast, or get all the 2021 betting content you need with the PFF forecast. Also, I invite you to check out PFS 2021 Best Ball Draft Kit, tiered rankings, two projections, to targetable stacks, the season's favorable matchups, the only resource you'd ever need to wreak havoc across best ball formats all summer long. Wreck havoc? Wreak havoc? Got to get that one figured out. If I don't, good chance I'm going to mess it up. So keep an eye out for that. And also, if you like fantasy football and if you like fantasy, playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season-long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game. We draft a team like you normally do. But that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF badge and subscription. That's promo code PFF. Draft now Underdog Fantasy. That's going to do it, everybody. Thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New fantasy files out every single day up until the season. Also have Wednesday episodes of myself and Andrew Erickson and hopefully NFL players coming on for a quick interview on Friday. If not, I'll get a fantasy analyst, NFL analyst in there and still chop up some goodness. So thank you as always for tuning in. Until next time, take care, everybody. 